Hey everybody, I'm Sean Rosensteel, author of The School of Intentional Living and host of Authorized, where authors go live to reveal their insights, stories, and best lessons from their most recent works. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. I'm super excited to be sitting here today with Mr. Al Ritter, author of The 100-0 Principle, The Secret of Great Relationships. Al, thanks so much for being here with us today. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. Yeah, you bet. You know, so I reread your book last night to get prepared for this interview. That's right. And I just can't help but think how relevant this is in today's day and age. Right. And so just tell us a little bit about how this book came to be. Yeah, sure. I've been a leadership coach for 25 years. And right at the beginning of that experience, we gave everybody in, in the room, a, a business group, uh, a exercise. And I was sitting with my partner, another consultant, and he whispers in my ear, Al, I want you to remember one thing. And I said, what? And I said, leadership, uh, sorry, um, relationships are 100 zero, they're not 50-50. You know, we've always mm. thought 50-50, right? Yep. They're 100 zero, meaning one person takes 100% responsibility, expecting zero in return. Those are the relationships that really work. Now, when he said that, I didn't even understand it that much, but that's mm. the, I've been actually having that as a centerpiece of all of my leadership coaching in the last 25 years. Cool. And so, cool. And so the book was a result of you know, it came out 10 years ago as a result of my coaching and what I've learned my, myself on how to apply that principle. Wow. So he kind of gave you a, a, a label for a what label. it was you were already coaching, right? <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. So when he said that, it's really, at first I was a little confused by it because we were, we were so used to saying relationships are 50-50. You know, I'll do my half, you do your half, and the two ends we'll meet in the middle. Them. Yeah. And, and 50 times two means 100, you know. But those, uh, there's a much better way in all walks of life, and that is one person takes 100% responsibility and see what happens by expecting zero in return. 95% hmm. of the time, because I've done this with a lot of different examples, 95% of the time the other person reacts in kind, that is, takes also takes 100% responsibility. So what you have is a 100-100 relationship mm. where both sides are committed to that relationship. Mm. Yeah, it sounds mm. to me it's almost like a give-to-receive kind of a model. There's re yeah. Res yeah. reciprocity there, yeah. right? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So can you expand on that? What does that mean to take 100% of the responsibility? You know, what does that mean yeah. exactly? It actually really means be decent, be gracious, be kind, don't get caught up in any negative feeling you have about the person. Just avoid anything negative and, and just act with decency and kindness to that person. It's, it's really simple. It's not like you know, rocket science or anything. Hmm. But it's very difficult for some of us to do that because we've got this built up energy of dislike or upset with the, the person that's been, been a problem for us, you know? Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you, it, it doesn't take any particular skill to do it. You just have to remind yourself that what makes the difference in life, in all walks of life, is the relationships we can create, the good relationships. And how do you do that? You speak and, and 
think and act in a kind, gentle way. Hmm. Yeah, one of my greatest mentors, yeah. Wayne Dyer, yeah, always yeah. used to say, I'd rather be kind than right. <laughs> you see? <laughs> right? Yeah, and, because, and that was a good reminder. Right, chances are you could, could be making the other person wrong, and that's not going to help the relationship. And that's not a win-win. It's not a win-win. Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. So this concept is very simple, right? It's the 100 zero principle, but it's not easy. Right. And in the book, you talked about automatic versus creative listening. Right. And we have, you know, we're very quick to judge. We have a tendency, right. almost like a built-in right. human nature to, to judge someone. So while the principle may be simple, what are some of your recommendations to almost break out of that habit of right. prejudging or judging someone and be more open about right. the conversation. Yeah. Well, the the, the when, when you do when you do it enough, the hundred zero principle, you don't even have to think much about the negative habit of judgment because mm. you're gonna be so so accustomed to just being kind and decent and generous. However, there are some at the beginning of this whole thing for me personally too when I started doing this as well as some very difficult people, it's easy to fall into the judgment trap. Hmm. And the key for me and for many other people is to say, oh, oh I'm, here comes a judgment. I'm not going to speak the judgment. Instead, I'm going to ask a question and listen. Hmm. So listening is the key to relationships. It's not speaking it's listening and most people we, we most of us have it the other way around oh i've got to sound smart i've got to convince somebody of something or hmm. or if you're wrong i'm gonna to have to make sure that i straighten you out you know no it's listening to for understanding of where the other person's coming from hmm. reminds me of stephen yeah. covey with his whole seek to understand principle yeah. right yeah covey was a great uh, uh, leader for me, and he taught me taught me a lot. I met him once, but I read his books. Wow. You know, uh, really helped set the tone for this book. Yeah, yeah, I bet, and mm. I can see that. I can yeah. see some undercurrents of that. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of speaking of listening, yes, there's an example you reference with the coaching client of yours, an executive, if memory serves, and you brought her out, and you oh. asked her some questions, and then you just listened. Yeah. And after however long that was, she came back and said something like, that was the best conversation I've had in a long time, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. And here she's paying me because I'm, you know, it's, right. it's a consulting engagement. She just called me up. I had better earlier in the engagement. And she called me up one day and said, can you come in tomorrow for an hour or so? And I've got a problem I wanted to, you know, run by and get your advice on. I said, sure. So I went into her office. She was a chief financial officer of this particular company. Hmm. It was a client of mine. She had a, a problem with one of her employees, and she told me all about it, and, you know, and it was a typical problem where she, the employee wasn't producing the results she wanted. And I was tempted, because I, I was a chief financial officer early in my career. Yep. Yep. I was tempted to really give her a lot of advice and guidance, you know, about what she could do, what she could think about, but I consciously said listening almost always is more important than speaking, mm -hmm. you know. So I just listened to her, and the only thing I said in an hour was something like, I understand what you're saying, or yep, that's, you're doing the right thing. It's all I said, the entire, like five words, the entire hour. Wow. At the end of the hour, she had resolved the problem, she knew exactly what she was gonna do, and she thanked me profusely for helping her wow. see 
resolve that problem. I didn't do anything other than ask one or two simple little questions wow. in the entire hour. But that's just a great example of how powerful listening is. Hmm. What does listening do? Listening is a probably the best and single most important way we can show respect for the person we're talking to. I'm gonna. I'm listening. I'm asking questions. I did ask her a few questions. Quality questions. Quality questions. But she did 99% of the talking. Hmm. And it's isn't that interesting? And she appreciated that way more than if I had done half the talking or even a quarter of the talking. Sure. Yeah. We, we, you look at all of our conversations, very, very few of them are something like that, you know, mm. including me. Too. I have to keep reminding myself to, you know, listen, emphasize the ears more than the, yeah. the mouth. It's a good thing my wife yeah. isn't here on set with us today. <laughs> what? I have to hold back from problem solving. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, I go right to... into that mode where mm. I just want to fix, fix, yeah, fix, yeah, and yeah. she just wants to be heard, I you know? know. And It's typical. Yeah, yeah. it's not easy. It's, it's again, a, just an old habitual behavior that yeah. we have to be aware of and, and be break. And you mentioned in the book, and I've seen this before, but for whatever reason, it really jumped out and stuck with me that listening is one of the most important skills that you can right. learn. Absolutely. So you, a lot of us, a lot of strategies and tactics out there, a lot, not a lot of people teach how to listen. Right. So I found that interesting. Yeah. And where I actually came up with it, and it's not just me coming up with it, I've read about in other coaches, other leadership coaches, have come up with the same conclusion. The, uh, uh, when a person, when you listen, well, let's, you know, people ask me all the time, well, if you, all you do is listen now, the person's gonna run, run out of things to tell you. Mm. <laughs> and I say, yeah. So you ask questions. You continue to ask questions. So as a great leader, as a great consultant, if I keep asking good questions and getting the other person to talk, A, they feel, they feel good about themselves, that this guy who's asking questions cares enough instead of doing all, all the talking he wants to hear from me. Sure. You know? So you keep asking questions, you learn more, and importantly, the person feels better about themselves, feels better about the relationship with you, and it's gonna be a better client, it's gonna open up more to you in the future mm. as, as in an engagement or just in life in general. Sure. It yeah. just makes a huge difference. Now most of us, and I didn't have, I thought how smart I sounded speaking even going into consulting, oh, I gotta sound good all the time and be right on top of everything. Nothing wrong with that, but what's way better is to ask good questions sure. and get the other person to talk. Yeah, I love yeah. that, yeah. I love that. So I thought I was gonna come in here today and ask you about how you sold over a half a million copies <laughs> of your book, because yeah. as an aspiring author myself, I mean, that's right. if I could reach a quarter of that, you know, I, I would consider <laughs> myself a success. Yeah. But I'm not going to ask you about that. After rereading it last night, I'm more interested in your work with John Wooden, oh. if you wouldn't mind. So can you kind yeah. of tell us a little bit about your experience there? And I think something maybe that he mentioned to you through the process kind of validated your yeah. whole concept and your whole... Uh, idea here, right? Oh, yeah. I met uh, John Wooden in 1980, and um, he was in Chicago anyway. So one of my, I played basketball and baseball in college, and one of my coaches that I had maintained a relationship with um, introduced me to him. 
And uh, so I, I sat with John Wooden right in, in one of the hotels on the main drag in Chicago. And as we sat down, I said something like, after the normal conversation of saying hello, I said, what was the one thing that was the most important thing you did as the coach of UCLA to win 10 national championships? And his answer changed, actually helped change my life. I was already sort of in the direction of what his answer was, but he really reinforced it. Hmm. His answer was, the most important thing I did was have chemistry, love, and rapport on my team. Amazing. Can you imagine the, word, the L word on a college basketball team? Right. You know? Win, achieve. <laughs> yeah, know? right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, when he said hmm. that, a light bulb, you know, every, you know, but maybe twice in my life I could remember a light bulb going on off in my life about something that I just thought was wonderful. That was one of the times. Wow. Now, I, that's, I carried that into my, I had just started my consulting practice, so I carried that into my consulting practice. To this whole notion of care and concern for other people and, and expressing decency and kindness and love, yeah. you know. And it's not only to the people right in front of you. Like on a basketball team, it's the 10 or 12 players. It's the assistant coaches and the, the manager and so forth. It's everybody even indirectly connected with the team, the hot dog vendors in the stadium, the parents that are there to watch the game, even the fans. The, the athletic administration that supports all the sports in, in a college, you know. Mm. He made sure that he and his players routinely would at least go to these different people, say hello, thank them for what they do, and s express appreciation to them. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. And how many, you know, I mean, we didn't even think about doing that. I pl played for the University of Connecticut. We didn't think about doing anything like that. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that's what John Wooden and he's he's uh, he's he's one of my heroes. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, he definitely had that softer approach. Oh yeah, it's a whole softer approach of caring about other people. Wow. Listening to them, thanking them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm curious because I think you know my reaction as mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand this principle, and it's very simple. But as I'm imagining myself apply this, right. I'm thinking. There's got to be some limits somewhere yeah. here because I was thinking, well, just for some of the people in my own life, gosh, I could really get taken advantage of. Or, yeah. gosh, if I have, uh, like you mentioned an example, if you have an alcoholic daughter, for example, and how difficult right. that situation is, what are some of the extremes or some of the exceptions to your rule? Yeah. And how do, you, how do you navigate that? And when well, do you know, right? And, yeah. The, the big exception is when you're dealing with a person, you know, the other person that you're dealing with, you know that they have a tendency to lie, to cheat, to steal, or maybe they've committed a crime. Somebody that's got a bad reputation. Now, sometimes people have bad reputations and they're not valid, but even if it's just a reputation at the beginning, until you find out more, I'd be very careful in dealing with people like that, you mm. know? Uh, I, and I gotta tell you, I've dealt with thousands of people over the last 25 years. I can only think of one or two that kind of demonstrated, some, not all those qualities, but some of those qualities. Mm. Some leaders I work with. Mm. They, they didn't tell the truth about different things, you know. So sure. remember I said people that lie. 
So they, they were the, the, the leaders I worked with who had the most difficult time becoming good leaders. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, unsuccessful in working with them. Um, so the, the, those are, I think, are the, everybody else. Here's the, here's the other thing that can happen, though. You give 100% I give 100% responsibility to a person where, I, where I, I'm committed to the relationship. I do everything out of kindness and decency, and I get nothing in return out of that person. That happens 5% of the time. I've done this so often, I know how much it is. Hmm. One out of 20, 5% of the time, you'll get nothing back you know, from the other person. But guess what? They're good odds. Or they're, right. A, they're good odds. Secondly, even if you don't get anything back, people around you tend to see your decency and kindness and grace de dealing with that person. Hmm. The chances are they've had trouble with that person too, right? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And they respect you and hmm. like you even more. So even uh, it's a failure. In terms it's almost of, a ripple effect. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. So I, I fail in this relationship which doesn't happen very often, but 5% of the time, yet they see my decency and kindness, people around me, and it actually improves my relationship with them. Neat. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Happens a lot. When, and when leaders start doing that, too, it doesn't matter who, who you are. If you have decency and kindness in your heart, people are going to see it, even if you're not successful with the particular right. person you're dealing with. Right, yeah, and there's a, yeah. I think there's a certain energy that you know, yeah. comes comes with kindness and yeah. respect and appreciation, and yeah. you know that can oftentimes, as I'm sure you've seen in practice, be much more contagious in a good sense yeah. than some some of the negativity oh, and the anger and the frustration. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I found that out the hard way because I I didn't know for sure what my percentage was going to be. You know, in dealing with helping leaders and. Mm. Uh, be great leaders, being uh, decent. And By the way, relationship is a word for me that is almost synonymous with leadership. Mm. I don't know how you can be a good leader unless you have the ability and willingness to create relationships with other people. Mm. You know, so and that's even. I'll tell you, I have my MBA. I, I, I know business real well. If somebody says, "What's more important, your business skills or your relationship skills?" You know what? In ev almost everything I can think of, the relationship skills are more important. Wow. You know? Yeah, that was one of the big yeah. takeaways is there was a, a, a line that you wrote in the book and yeah. it said, if, I, if memory serves, success depends on the quality of your relationships, relationships. which I found just fascinating because oh, we, we think success of achievement, go get them, uh, productivity, <laughs> strategy, tactics, all, this, all these how-tos, but we don't think about the quality of our relationships, so mm -hmm. I really appreciated that. Oh, well, and thank you for saying that. But I, and I had to learn it the hard way myself, I'll tell you, because when I, I didn't go into coaching and doing what we're talking about here until I was about 42 years old, so the first 10 years of my career, hmm. I had some ups and downs because of this yeah. crazy situation where I thought everything had to do with I have my MBA, I know business, I'm going to be tough as a leader, you know, and all that. That didn't work very well. Hmm. And... Uh, what works way better is having relationships as your number one commitment and your business-related skills as a number two. Now, you don't want to forget the business skills, but sure. if you don't have a relationship with people, you're not going to be able to hmm. be very successful. You might be successful in the very short term, you know, but in the longer term, people aren't going to want to work for you. You're going to have 
friction hmm. if you don't create the relationships with the people around you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And sales and earnings will start going down. That's been my experience too, where hmm. people that don't make relationships number one, all of a sudden sales and earnings and what they're responsible for starts going down. And the reason is people just don't, aren't motivated enough to work with you hmm. after they're not treated appro appropriately. Sure. Yeah, and I could see sales and earnings going down in every aspect of your life, right? Your, your health, your, you know, if you're not prioritizing the, the quality of your right. relationships, and right. that's interesting. Yeah, and I've talked about business mostly so far, but it, well, everything I've said applies to all relationships. Yeah, and I, and I think yeah. when we initially met, whenever that was, if I'm not mistaken, I think this was, your thought was this is, a leadership and management this is in the workplace and you reference other examples but i think one yeah. of the reasons you thought this took off and sold so many copies yeah. 500 over 500,000 yeah. copies is it applies yeah. to relationships so <laughs> it's maybe right. not such a business book it's more of a relationship it's really more book about relationships. through the lens of some business yeah. examples yeah. but uh, yeah it's fascinating yeah. so you mentioned that you had i think you referenced three or four examples where you had difficult or toxic bosses, yeah. I think, as you called it. And then you were maybe fired in one example. One example I was. Yes. Yeah, and I think that was a big lesson in your oh, life. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the people that I've, well, I'll just tell you, tell you what happened when I got fired. The uh, boss, my boss, when I walked into his office, said, Al, we're gonna have to let you go too many people are saying that you run roughshod over them. Run roughshod, I was tough, you know, demanding and all that. Fired a few people at nine in the morning because they didn't produce the result I wanted, you know, or a mm. report. So as soon as he said that, I was gonna argue with him. But after, you know, maybe one word came out of my mouth, I stopped and I said, you know, you're absolutely right. Mm. It was the biggest lesson in my life. Between that and meeting John Wooden, those were my two big lessons. Wow, <laughs> wow. Life, you know? Wooden was just the opposite of the way I was acting then and why I got fired. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very easy to, mm. you know, to get caught up into the, rig the rigors of business and being tough, being demanding, allowing the fact that you have a, a degree I had in my MBA where the people that reported to me only had their BA. So you kind of convince yourself that you know more, and you're, mm. you have the ability, you have the opportunity and the wherewithal to give them commands instead of dealing with them as human beings and sure. having a back and forth conversation. You know, mm. so this is all about relationships. Again, I, I'm just emphasizing that if, whenever you are tough on people, the chances of the relationship not being hurt not good you know you gotta, right you got to do that you got to you have to be concerned about relationships even before you're concerned about what they're really holding you accountable for which is usually sales and earnings or some other measure like that mm. so. interesting yeah so you talked a little bit about the power of language and how the language we use creates our world and i think that's yeah. a really important point here yeah and going back to the phrase toxic bosses, <laughs> you know, sometimes when, like if I say, gosh, I'm just so pissed off, yeah. that's the feeling that I'm right. embodying at the time. But if I use a different set of words, like, oh, I'm 
you know, I'm peeved at something or whatever right. else. You know, Tony, you had a quote in here from Tony Robbins, right? Yeah, and Tony yeah. Robbins has done a lot for me, and he's taught me the power of language. So sure. I, I appreciate it, and it resonated with me. But you, you mentioned something about when we say my boss is toxic, that compels us to act certain right. ways because we have already defined the outcomes. Right. We've already made those outcomes a reality. And we wanted to shift that language from toxic boss to maybe difficult boss. So can you kind of expand on how that might change certain outcomes or at least give a better chance of affecting a more positive outcome in in an employer-employee relationship? Yeah. In any relationship. Well, any relationship, yeah. The, uh, The problem with the word toxic, and I use that word when I first started in business, because I had some very difficult bosses at the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. And I used the word toxic to describe them to friends of mine and all that. It's a very charged, emotionally charged, emotionally charged word. Yeah. I didn't do very well. I didn't create a relationship with the boss. It made things even worse. So difficult boss is a much better word to use. And I got to tell you, very often when I talk about leadership, the first thing I'll do is ask my audience, how many of you have had a difficult boss? Guess how many raise their hand, what percentage? <laughs> difficult by everybody. Everybody, just about it. I mean, one or two people might not, but. Because their boss is yeah, sitting right next right. to them. <laughs> right? Could be that. <laughs> their job is on but the it, line. But isn't that amazing? You yeah. know, we all have, an, I, I had four difficult bosses. When I was in corporate America before I became a consultant for 20 years, I was. I had four difficult bosses, hmm. and everybody else, as far as I know, is, has that kind of an experience. So the 100-0 principle applies so powerfully to that. It's so easy to, to use words like toxic uh, or horrible or I, I hate that guy. You hmm. know, people can get really nasty about difficult bosses. I did, too, when I was younger and at the beginning of my career. Much better to say difficult. It's part of the hundred zero principle. I work for this person. My job is to create a relationship with that person, even though they're difficult, and see what happens. And I got to tell you, I had a, a very difficult boss. My last job in corporate America, I was a chief financial officer of a food company, and my direct boss was the president of the company. I had to work with him almost every day. He was really difficult for everybody. Most most employees avoided him at all costs. They mm-hmm. just didn't want to have anything to do. Imagine that, ha- having a company run by a president where everybody wants to. Avoid. Wow. The only people that didn't want it, that didn't avoid it was me and my, my the folks that worked for me, because we knew we're, we're the finance guy. If we don't talk to him and figure out what the best way to run this place is, we're not going to be doing our sure. job. So yeah. we made a decision. We mm-hmm. were going to work with him, do everything we could to not allow him to defeat us like he was defeating other people with some nasty talk and, you know, upset and anger and all that. And you know what? At the end of two years, he, he didn't change much. He didn't, remember I told you there's 95% of Yeah. He didn't change very much, even though we gave him some good feedback and everything. But five of my guys got promoted Right, oh, he got fired after two years. The boss got fired. Five of my guys almost the same day got promoted. Wow, it's a ripple effect. The ripple effect. And yeah. the question was, 
why, how did that occur? It occurred because we were the only people in the entire company that could work with him effectively. So we actually were able to adapt, adapt, and, and work. That's the hundred zero principle. Wow, you know, yeah, I love it. I've been yeah. working out some ideas myself over the last few years, and oftentimes, yeah. what I find is if I want to get something, like let's yeah. say I want more love out of a relationship, like right. the quickest path from point A to point B is to give in the middle. Give. And this really resonated with me, yeah, and that's yeah. it. That's you put a label on it, the hundred zero principle, right? So yeah, I, yeah. I find it to be. So it's, a, it's applicable to all sorts of different situations in life. Yeah, and even yeah. if you find yourself, I think, in the five percent, and there is no reciprocity, it doesn't result in a one hundred one hundred relationship. Right, right, right. You can sleep well, and you can feel good about yeah. your behavior and your actions, and. Yeah know that you came from a place of kindness and love, and I think that's really important. Really interesting, yeah. Yeah. So that's another example of where the other person doesn't change, but you still were able to accomplish things that you otherwise wouldn't have if you had gotten it. Right. What, what most people were so scared of that boss that they avoided him, and these people were direct reports of the boss. Yeah, <laughs> how does that work? How does that work? How effective is that oh setup, right? Yeah. And, uh, so that's just an example. Now, some bosses do mm. go way over the edge where it's, you know, actually in his case even, we were surprised that he lasted two years because of how difficult he was wow. to work with, you know. Wow. But he lasted two years. We did pretty good. I mean, you know, we did all our work real well and helped to help him. And he did, he did have skills in some of the functional areas of business. So that's why he was able to sure. survive for two years. Sure, you know? so, yeah. But it was a real interesting thing. But once again, it's the 100 zero principle. When you take 100% responsibility, you're actually creating kindness and decency, which affects you as much as it affects the other person, sure. typically. Sure. So you feel better about yourself. Than, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you, you sprinkled in a handful of your personal stories. And I yeah. wish I would have seen more of those. So I'm going to get another one now if I have your permission. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you wrote about. Your wife, Barbara. Yeah. And you mentioned that she taught you, like, unconditional acceptance. Right. So, you know, unconditional love, we've all, we're familiar yeah, with yeah. what that is, yeah. what that looks like. But I found that interesting and, and, and neat. Unconditional acceptance. Right. Um, so explain a little bit more about that. Well, she was, much of that came before she and I got married. I happened to... Dated, we dated for about three years, and I met all of her roommates. She was a flight attendant with about five other flight attendant roommates. And I met all of them, and they used to talk to me and say, you know, Barbara is the person that holds all of us together. <laughs> you know, the, the five roommates. I said, well, well, tell me more about it. And she says she just sees the good in people. She doesn't mm. see, she doesn't get caught up in any of the aggravating things some of the girls were doing with each other, you know. And she just helps all of us accept each other better, wow. you know, by just being kind and decent. So that was uh, it's probably one of the reasons. I mean, I saw that, too. She was kind and decent to, to me and mm. other people, too. But that was uh, a demonstration of the, the 100-0 principle because it's always easy. If you have five roommates, I guarantee you, if you, somebody said, well, t tell me something negative about each one, it'd take you a couple seconds. Yeah, to, you know? yeah. But if you catch yourself and you say, hey, I'm a 100-0 type person, I'm going to just be kind and decent and not get all into that. It rubbed off on all the other roommates, and they had five or six, I think it was six total 
uh, women living together that just had just loved each other and, and mm. worked together beautifully. Worked together beautifully on flights, and worked together as uh, living, you know, roommates. Wow. And Barbara's—they'll tell you if she was, if they were here right now, they said Barbara's the one that did it. You know? Cool. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah. It is. So it probably helped our marriage too because she had she brought those same qualities to our marriage. Well, you mentioned you may have had a few annoying tendencies and along I, the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really wanted to hear about, but we won't. <laughs> We've all got them, right? Oh, so. I'm sure we do. Yeah, I know. So I can't help but think, you know, given the times we're living in right now, mm. how helpful this principle is. Oh boy! Considering all the. The, just the the polarization and the, and the so many of us are so divided right now. So, can you speak to a little bit about yeah. that and maybe how this idea of the hundred zero principle might be able to you know bridge some gaps with communication and different yeah. sides and yeah. the uh, that's a that's a great question. I'm gonna make sure I don't talk about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, I've given speeches on the hundred zero principle, which I mentioned a few minutes ago. And usually the fa first hand that goes up isn't about necessarily about what we've talked about so far, marriage and difficult bosses and coworkers and things like that. It's about some big world problem. And lately, mm -hmm. it's, as we all know, it's been the black versus white mm -hmm. issue. Yep. You know? I've got 39 written on a piece of paper, 39 issues going on in the world right now where the 100-0 principle could apply. Wow, maybe be effective. So just take Republicans versus Democrats. Mm. They 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 go. I've been in Congress, so I know what's going. They don't even say good morning to each other. You know, it's like this. Yeah, wow. See how the hundred zero could actually apply there, where you just say, "Wait a minute, I'm going to create a relationship with this person, even though they're different than me, and see what happens. Mm. You know, take responsibility." So that's yeah. just one, and there's way more others. I mean, just black versus white. We just mentioned. Congress, the different party, well, the Democrat versus Republican, uh, gay versus straight, um, Israeli, Palestinian, Israeli Palestinian. Yep. yep. You, you know, if you think about it enough, you'll get. I, I came up the with bear, bears versus Packers. <laughs> it's almost everything. cowboys versus yeah. giants. You know, yeah. men versus women, which you talk about. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, Siri, it is. It's, yeah. It, 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 this principle applies to many of life's really big issues and problems. Hmm. So if I had to write the book again, and I still may do this, uh, if I rewrote the book now, I would have more of these wow. big life problems wow. in there. You know? Wow. And I, there's a few I've mentioned, but mostly it was more inter interpersonal sure. relationships that we've already talked about. But I think the challenge, I would imagine, is yeah. to, to find it in yourself to be the exception and to just... Yeah be that first domino and, yeah. and, and exhibit the 100-0 principle. That's and, right. you know, if nothing else, if there's no movement from the other side, right. there's, the good news is there's that ripple effect. There's a ripple effect right? anyway, yeah. As a secondary benefit yeah. to the principle, so. And that's only gonna happen about 5% of the time where you're not gonna get response from the other person that's favorable. Yeah, wow. So there's a, a really good success rate for hmm. this thing. Yeah. Even between Republicans and Democrats, I, th I, would, I, <laughs> I would predict, because over the years I've met them, and uh, whenever I mention the 100 zero, they say, oh boy, we can do that, you know? Sure. There's no risk to it. So you're, if, when you're kind and decent, you're not gonna yeah. be taking much of a risk. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so well said. Yeah. Well, before this interview gets too messy, 
<laughs> Before we go too down, too far yeah. down the rabbit hole, I thank you again for being on the show. This was a blast. It always is. Um, where can we find you? Where can we get the book? How right. do we find you? Well, the book is in Amazon, okay. so it's easy just to get it there. Um, the one, and it, you have to spell it out: one zero zero slash zero. You know what the one hundred zero principle. Um, so spell that out. And then also through my website, it's the RitterConsultingGroup.com. Awesome. RitterConsultingGroup.com. You can order the book from there. Awesome. It's probably easier to go through Amazon because it's more direct, you know. Yeah, so, perfect. To get the book. So if there's one takeaway or one message <laughs> you'd like for listeners and viewers to take back with them today, what might that be? Acting out of kindness, being kind to people around you, even difficult people, because we all have them in our personal lives and in our business lives. Acting mm -hmm. out of kindness is the, really the only way to go. And when you do that, at first it might be a little difficult, a little uncomfortable to be that way because you haven't been that. Most of us aren't that way naturally. Mm -hmm. But when you do that, the discomfort goes away pretty quick. And then you see the, re the reaction of the other person. And all of a sudden you, you, you see how wonderful that is to create this relationship with this other person. And the other wonderful thing is if you're working together in a business or any in a marriage or anything else, you see the results you're producing that you would have never produced before. Awesome. So the 100-0 principle, it sounds strange at first. Wait a minute, I got to, you know, really create a friendship with that difficult? Yeah, mm. see what happens. Awesome. You know? Awesome. And, uh, it's powerful. It's very powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for oh, being on the show today. Pleasure to be with you today, Al. Thank you. Great to be with you, too. Thanks for inviting me. All right, Sean here again. Thanks so much for joining us this week. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you can catch future episodes. Also, go ahead and give it an honest rating so you can let other people know what you thought of the show. Take care and make it a great day.